0: Welcome to Is This Scary? This is Phil.
1: This is Shelby.
0: This is Zach. Um, So this time around, we're going to be talking about the 2019 film, Doctor Sleep, and the 2013 novel, Doctor Sleep. So the film was directed by Mike Flanagan, and the book is written by Stephen King. Yes.
1: And this is the sequel to The Shining.
2: Right. Right. This is interesting because we're hitting the sequel before the original movie. It, it just
0: popped up. We happened. To, look, we were in the mood to watch this movie. Yeah, and we watched it before The Shining. Yeah.
2: Just kind of happened. We've all seen The Shining, so it's yeah, fine. yeah.
1: We are definitely going to talk about The Shining at some point. It's it's one of those movies because one, it is so long, and personally, I had to watch it six times in one sitting. So I could talk about it for a very long time. You
2: had, you had to watch it six times in one For a paper. Hit. So I
1: just oh, watched yeah. so it again and, again and So
2: you had to dissect the crap again. out of
1: it. I just was like, all right, I need to get a 10 plus page paper out of this. Ooh. So what do I do? Okay, get it from the library. And I just sit there from dawn until dusk and watch it again and again and again.
2: <laughs> yeah, everybody and never that. watch it again in your life. <laughs> I've watched it plenty of
0: times since then. <laughs> oh, you're you've got more I, willpower than I do for oh, that cuz I wouldn't want to watch it again.
1: No, I've I've gotten desensitized by it and I still try to decipher things in it when I try to watch it. But going back to Doctor Sleep. This was a movie. The trailer and the first few months of viewing got so many bad
0: got so reactions. It
1: has well,
0: yeah. And the reason for that is almost a hundred percent of the marketing it felt like was targeting the last like quarter of the film. Cause it's oh The Shining was all about the hotel. So we have to feature the hotel in the marketing, mm-hmm. except that was Almost everything they focused on when literally three quarters of this movie is about traveling and learning the background of the characters and stuff. And we don't even talk about the overlook for yeah. the majority of the movie.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I feel, I because I felt the same way because I saw the trailer because I had read the book and I'm like, oh, I'm really, really excited for this. And I saw the trailer and I was like, this is just going to be The Shining. And I was like, that's not accurate. I was one of those people. It's not accurate to the book. I mean, this movie is great since we watched it because it it is a almost, I'm not going to say perfect, but it is an almost perfect mashup of the book and the movie because when you have Stephen King or Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, you either love it or you hate it or you're neutral to it. Because if you are a fan of the book, you're not going to like the movie. Right. And that's always been a argument point about The
0: Shining. Although I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. The book is a sequel to the book. The movie is a sequel to the movie. That, yes. Does the Dr. Sleep movie take things from the book? It has to. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, but a bunch of the major plot points from the movie come...
2: From the Shining movie. Mm-hmm. Not the novel. I mean, they had to have. I mean, I think... Trying to, to interpret uh, more of what Shelby said there. I, I think she's leaning the same way I am with the director and Stephen King. Where they were saying, we were trying to take Kubrick's movie and move it closer to uh, to the books.
0: Mm-hmm. And...
2: Try to bridge the movies and the books, and I think it did a good job of that. Yeah. Being the only person in the room who hasn't read either of the books, right? I don't okay. know if well, I well, I don't exactly know
0: that. because I have read both books and seen both movies. Mm-hmm. So, yep. for me, I don't <sighs> because especially at the end of the story, there's not much bridge to gap, there's there's no gap to bridge, the gap is too wide Mm -hmm. because the gigantic plot differences at the end of each of these versions of the story are diametrically opposed, in my opinion, because at the end of the novel Jack is able to have enough control over himself there's enough of him left in his mind that he stops himself From bashing Danny's head in Mm -hmm. and tells him to go get the cook and his mom and escape. Yeah. And then the overlook explodes and, like, that takes out all the topiary and the hedge maze. Like, it burns every inch of the overlook to the ground. Yeah. And Jack is redeemed. Jack has his last moment of being a good father Mm -hmm. or trying to be because he's not. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick's movie is way more depressing because Jack just loses. He loses his battle with alcohol. He's a wife beater. He hates his kid. He kills... He's a racist because he kills the black guy. Mm -hmm. So it's just like Jack fails on every single level that he could fail in. And is only stopped because he's become such an animal that he freezes to death because he's not smart enough at that point to go back inside. Yeah. Like, it's... So, it's either the... You have a hopeful outcome where things aren't all terrible or you just go straight into nihilism. hmm And the... And in the Kubrick film, the hotel survives. I,
2: I get that. That's why, that's why I was saying that that's why he was trying to aim for Dr. Sleep to be the connected... To be the bridge. So in the movie, how does the hotel end up? It ends up burning down from <laughs> the boiler. It It's the same outcome. Well, it's... So they pretty much take the ending
0: from the Shining novel and slap it on the ending of the Doctor Sleep movie.
1: Yeah, because we did watch the behind-the-scenes. It took us also three attempts to watch this movie in whole because it is a very long
0: movie. Yeah, we ended up watching the director's cut, which clocks in at right around three hours. It's worth the watch. Just carve out the time because mm-hmm. we did not
1: it. <laughs> But it's <laughs> three also, times. But you also got to remember, it is a big book, so it kind yeah, of it, it, it matches. Let's see, in fact. And there was a... I liked the quote that during the the behind-the-scenes Stephen King made. He said, my book, The Shining, ended with fire while Kubrick's ended with snow. Right. So it's like, okay. And now with this movie, it's like, okay, we're bringing it right back to the fire. So I I appreciated that.
0: I like that quote. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that is a... It is a long book because I have the uh, full-sized... Hardcover right in front of us. Mm-hmm. It's 513 pages, which means the second you knock that down into a paperback, yeah. it's 600 semi-pages. It's a good audiobook too. It was a really good audiobook. In fact, I spent the last few work days while I was doing my job listening to Doctor Sleep. Yep. I wish there was more of it, but that's fine.
1: But to go into the basic, let's the basic plot. Yes. Of this movie. You have Danny Torrance. He has survived the trauma at the Overlooked Hotel. And he is now going through another trauma. He's a raging alcoholic. Well, right. And he's just like being like dear old dad. He's just not trying to kill children or. Well, why? Swinging people. Or, yes. And.
0: The main reason he ends up becoming an alcoholic is it's the most effective way he's figured out how to dim his shine. Yeah. He hasn't figured out really any other way to turn it off, which means he hasn't tried self-control. He hasn't tried different things because if we go by, and this is where jumping back and forth is going to happen. But if we go by what the novel says, he's been drinking since he was a freshman in high school. And just because, and that happened due to peer pressure. He was at a party and he just started drinking, but he Mm -hmm. figured out that it, Knocked down his powers.
1: Yeah, which in the end, going in, we'll bring this up later, um, helped him and kept him alive. Really, to this day age, so he for a period of time. There's three parts and main plot points in this
0: movie or yeah. in this movie, well, and the story. Well, there are th- there are three separate parties that we follow. Yes,
1: and they all end up together. So you have Danny Torrance. He's now just trying to repair his life. He's in AA, just right. living in a really cheap hotel that's very nice, and well, I'm boarding now. yes, boarding house, <laughs> and with his own bathroom. That's, that's still yeah. that's a great great hotel
0: <laughs> for <laughs> or, cheap for cheap 8, eighty five a week.
1: Yeah, it was great, um, and and he's also got a job. He's right, a, he
0: works at a hospice. Yep, he's, he's an orderly. A,
1: yep. And he helps, and he starts using his shine to help older people just pass on. He helps to keep them calm and lets them go, lets them die peacefully.
0: And basically it's, his last line to a lot of the patients in the hospice are, look, basically all you need to know is there is more after this. I don't really know exactly what it is, but if you want to find out what the next leg of your adventure looks like you just need to go to sleep Mm -hmm. so he becomes dr sleep
1: yep and i guess another part of the trio plot points in here is you have abra
0: abra stone
1: abra stone she is a young girl
0: 13
1: yep and she and if you see other parts in her life so it starts when she's like really young and Mm -hmm. we see different things and she obviously has the shine but also, hers is supercharged.
2: And her parents are afraid of it, yeah. right?
0: They don't understand it, and the way it's described, the way Dan describes it in the book, I really like. Be like, so I have the shine. I'm a flashlight. She's a lighthouse. Yeah. Like it's just the levels of magnitude more powerful than him is almost yeah she's unmeasurable.
1: A, yeah, she's levitating spoons. Like several, all the spoons every spoon in the spoon house, in the the house to the kitchen ceiling, the, and <laughs> without no problems, but at all. But also, she's astro-astro projecting. She's communicating with Danny Torrance from a very young age. Like they, they're kind of like pen pals for a very long time. Right,
0: and she is so. The, and they're like stayed over from each other. So she's doing this over like over a hundred miles. Like it's a good distance, and she's just writing on his chalkboard.
1: Yeah. And then you have the third um, group. You have the True Knot. They are, in the movie, they are like these hippie, gypsy, traveling... vampires. Yeah, succubus. (laughs) I see more succubus than anything else. But they feed off of steam, which they get the concept that this is almost like the life force within, especially with people who have the shine. Only yes, in
0: people... Only in people that have the shine, and they want it in. They try to find the kids at their peak, and they notice that most kids peak between like seven and 15. Mm hmm. Somewhere in there because it's. There's something about reaching true adulthood that starts to sour the steam.
1: Yeah, because it's got flavor. They want the well, flavor. No.
0: They don't want the flavor. They want it pure. That's Mm -hmm. the problem. The more life experience you have, you start to flavor the shine and it ruins it. Or you start to flavor the steam and it ruins it.
2: Yeah. I I found that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Now I'm talking about moonshine. Well, no. But no, I find that immensely interesting when uh, Rose the Hat is dealing with Danny. And it's like, yeah. You taste like whiskey. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it... And they, I mean, they feed on it. They've been around for a very long time. I like what Rose the Hat says. She says, eat well, live long. So they're not immortal, but they're they not. have to eat in order to recharge their battery, pretty much.
0: And unfortunately, how they eat, just what the knot has figured out over the years, is the best way to purify and get the best steam is to slowly torture the child to death.
1: hmm Yep, they're very good, very, very good, especially in the book. I mean, they are, they've got this down to a business pretty much.
0: Okay, yeah, we should talk about how the True Knot is in the book. I actually like this version of them better because they are basically your stereotypical RV people. Like, most of them get turned in their late 50s to early 60s, mm-hmm. so they look like retirees – they act like retirees. They buy the, like, goofy novelty hats. They wear cheap sunglasses. Whatever popular slogan t-shirts are yeah. making the rounds, they have them on. Fanny packs, socks and sandals. They try their best to look harmless and blend in. Mm-hmm. And if you, into, if you run into them in a crowded place, they're going to be nice, polite. Friendly, like yeah. These are just going to be. Some- they're
1: squeaky clean. Other than they kill children.
0: Yeah, because it also says like they have. They've been around for so long. They're basically a corporation. That's the amount of money that they have. Like, mm-hmm. and we're talking Walmart and Amazon level corporations. So, big big money. Mm-hmm. And their credentials are so good that the feds can't bust them. Yep. They refuse to carry guns because guns cause problems. They were. The one big difference in the book and the movie, in the movie they seem pretty okay with killing people. In the book, they go out of their way to not kill adults because killing killing people causes a mess and causing a mess means you can't travel under the radar anymore because right. they just want to be comfortable. They do want to live well and live long and the best way to do that is to not have trouble following them down the road.
1: Yeah, especially as they're looking for kids that are... Between that age frame that you mentioned, between seven and 15 years old, you either have runaway children, which has been always a thing, sadly, but then also you have child trafficking. So you have kidnappings as well. So that is just so, unfortunately in our world, that is so widely used that they can't track it. But if you have a missing adult, it's not likely to happen in comparison to a missing child, sadly. So that's why they focus on them also, because they want the pure steam. They want the good stuff. Yeah. This movie was surprising to me, because again, I was that type of person where I was just like, man, this is going to be just like The Shining, or this, they're just going to focus on The Shining part of it. And then I was like, no, I actually like this. This is entertaining. I thought Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance did a very good job. So do I. Um, I cannot remember the lady who played Rose the Hat, but she is great as Rose the Hat. She's very charismatic.
0: I think she steals Rebecca the Ferguson. She,
1: yes, Rebecca Ferguson is is really she's coming up. She's really she's she's making a name for herself. And I she was in
0: Dune. Oh yeah, she's the mom.
1: I think she was also in The Greatest Showman too. She was. Yep, and she's she's really. I I love listening to her voice because she definitely has like that Irish broke. I love listening to that. But the way that she handles herself, the she's very charismatic. I love the way that she talks, and I thought she she definitely did steal the show, and in in the book as well, but especially
0: in the movie. Well, yeah, because Ferguson is able. She crossed all the lines that you needed to for because she is seductive and sultry but she's also terrifying and menacing mm-hmm. and it just all weaves together really
2: well
1: yeah
2: honestly that was one of my biggest issues with the movie mm-hmm. is I felt I felt watching this movie the same way I felt watching uh, what, what's the movie Zach you and I watched it together Nicolas Cage um animatronics Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, Willy's Wonderland. I felt very similar to that.
1: I know that you had a problem with the ending, that it was just like when we got to the ending that she kind of just got
2: well, killed the, off. It's not like, even that. It's that like, throughout the whole movie, the true not, don't feel like a threat to the main characters.
0: <clears throat> okay.
2: I Rose is supposed to be this big, bad, strong individual, but every instance, Abra is just... Yeah. Completely demolishing her, and Danny is uh, outsmarting her. Okay.
0: In the movie, that is very true. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would recommend that you listen to the audiobook. Okay. Because you will like Rose better. Because, with, the, like I said, when you do the hardback over 500 pages, there's a lot of character development for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you actually get the feeling that Rose is the leader because she's she's the best at tracking. She's stronger. She's smarter. She knows how to plan. She, she does a lot of logistics. She knows
1: like Crow, which is like kind of her lover. Like, Crow Daddy her, is yeah, her lover. Yeah, lover, second in command kind of. And he will come to her like, hey, Ro, she's like, I already know. Like she knows before like, she knows everything she's keeping an eye, I mean even though she we i don't think she's the oldest because I think grandpa
0: grandpa flick is the oldest she, but she's she's not even the second oldest she's yeah. just the most powerful member, mm-hmm. and eventually I get kind of like pack animals she's she's the alpha in the true knot and yeah. she just eventually took over yeah and that is m- much better portrayed in the book, like you actually get scenes
2: where there are threats to the main characters. Yeah. Yeah, see, I... I didn't feel like there was a lot of threats to the main characters in, these, in this movie at all. It's a good movie. It was fun. It was enjoyable.
1: I felt like the threat level didn't get until later on. Because it is a, it is just like the book is, it is a slow burn movie. I mean, especially when you watch the extended cut, I mean, there is a lot of parts that they could probably cut it out, but they... But it's just, it kind of slows down. But then also you gotta remember there's a lot of psychological aspects in this movie, just like The Shining. Right. So, I mean, Danny's having all these horrifying dreams and and then same thing with, you have um, Abra doing, and both Rose the Hat, doing astro projecting as well. So, I mean, it is a visual kind of like turns you upside down a little bit. So it slows down for
0: those periods of time. And then you have what becomes Dan Torrance's driving force as an adult is right before he gets on the bus to New... Well, he starts his bus journey to New Hampshire. He's in North Carolina, hooks up with this girl at a bar after breaking a guy's face with a pool cue, with a cue ball, and... They get blackout drunk at the bar. They go score some Coke and they end up at her little shoebox apartment. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up before she does in the morning, but wanders around, finds all his clothes as he gets out into the living room and he thinks he's by himself. He checks his wallet and his wallet's completely empty. And that's at that point, he's clued into the fact that he spent his paycheck on Coke
1: Yep. <laughs> so he takes her money, leaves her enough coke that she could probably get some money out of it. But then but that's also, not the problem. Yeah, there he also realizes that there is a child there.
0: And it's a little boy. He's about two years old. Mm-hmm. And so all he does is he puts the kid on the bed with... Passed out mom.
1: Gives him a bag of (laughs) Cheez-Its.
0: Slips on his shoes and leaves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: While old man Halloran's also, you shouldn't be doing that, Doc. You shouldn't be doing that.
0: Leave her her money. Yeah. You don't need that 70 bucks. You can can make your own money. You're fine.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) Danny's not really listening to Halloran. And years down the line... He, or not years, but probably weeks or months down the line. Maybe
0: months down the line. Yeah. While he's sleeping. Oh, so after he gets set up in New Hampshire,
2: mm-hmm.
0: in Fraser, New Hampshire, he, because he starts out working for the city at Tiny Town, mm-hmm. and then once the summer hits, he's working a job that's normally for, like, high school kids. So he loses that job when he starts to work at the hospice in town. Yeah. Because that's actually one of the things that he did was, because... You can be bad at your job and everything, but it's hard to find good orderlies. And that's how he supported himself during his drinking years, was he just hopped around from state to state, gaining a reputation as a decent orderly, Mm -hmm. because he had enough references that he could almost always get hired by a hospice or a hospital or a nursing home or somewhere.
1: Yeah, at this point, he's set up at the hospice. He's starting to use his shine again, and that opens the door. And so he's woken up one night, and the girl that he spent a night with is there, and she's obviously decaying, and she's talking to him. They haven't found us yet. You have. They <clears throat> haven't found us yet. They usually, people in the, in the apartment ignore the baby crying because I leave him alone all the time. And the baby turns over and says, Mama. And it's like you can tell that they're both just rotting flies on their eyes. And it's just like, oh, I am like that's depending on what your poison is. It's it's it could be worse or not as bad in the book. But either way, it's they're both the ending for that. That woman, her child is horrible. And it and it haunts him.
0: It does. So, in the movie, obviously, she doesn't wake up after the bender. Yeah. And the baby eventually starts to death.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in the book, just because he's a little more in touch with his shine the whole time, um, mom does eventually wake up, but when he picks up the little boy, he finds out that the boy's uncle is extremely abusive. Yeah. Random bruises hits him from time to time, that sort of thing. <clears throat> and eventually, mom can't get out of the cycle that she's stuck in, mm-hmm. and commits suicide. So, sorry about that for anyone that sensitive to the trigger warning for suicide. Again. <laughs> and eventually, so the boy goes into his uncle's custody and trigger warning for anyone with violence against children, the uncle eventually bashes his head in. Yeah. And he gets the just recurring flashbacks of the little boy going, Mama, and saying candy. Because he saw the Coke on the table and thought it was candy.
1: Yeah. This is a this is a plot point that I like more in the movie, not because of the death of the child, but I'm not that demented. But in regards to how oh, right, how um, that is haunting him throughout the entire
0: story. That's way heavier in the book.
1: Oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, did he I say said movie? In the movie? But I meant <laughs> what I meant is the book in the book in regards to I mean it gets to the final I mean the, all the final climax ha- happens and I'm pretty sure it's like the last like it's AA the meeting the epilogue yeah the epilogue because <laughs> he, he has he's been in this AA for years 15
0: so yeah at the end of the novel he gets his 15 year ship
1: yeah and he finally decides I'm gonna tell you the reason why this is haunted to me and he says what happens and everybody at AA is like Thank you for sharing.
2: Yeah. They're kind of just
1: like, and he's like, because they've all done stuff. They've, they've all done jail time. They've all done horrible things. Right. And he's so haunted. I mean, this is definitely a movie where, I mean, one, it's, I mean, he was recover. He was, he was. Stephen King was recovered at this point, right?
0: Yeah, in the book, yes. So that was one thing that actually the author's note for the audiobook, he said that the recovered human being that wrote Dr. Sleep is very different from the well meaning alcoholic that wrote The Shining. Yeah. So yeah, it was, this was, Stephen King throughout his life has had multiple substance abuse issues. He was a, he's a former alcoholic he
2: used to be a cokehead like Mm -hmm. it's just there's a whole book he has no (laughs) recollection of writing
1: yeah so i mean it is definitely i mean there's parts where he's he's like oh i just i i want to drink there's a lot of his internal monologues where he's like i just want to drink and to the point where he almost like starts to like go to take a drink and he's like no in the movie
0: there are a couple of moments yeah, yeah. there are a couple of moments in the book one he buys a bottle of Thunderbird wine and if you've ever had Thunderbird man you gotta be desperate and then there's another scene where he's literally in the parking lot of a bar can't call his sponsor because his sponsor will just rip him a new one so he calls one of the other guys in AA and he's like I'm out in front of a bar and I need a drink because the I need a drink is like your that's the yeah just it's es- like help me escape phrase it's right. this emergency mm-hmm. and he talks him down yeah and was that in the movie nope.
1: no no okay. the, the drink the main drinking area I mean it gets to the point where I mean all the three <laughs> plot lines start morphing together and I think it's when Aber gets kidnapped
0: and no, that's before that. So, uh, the Something. Dan. Well, Dan. Okay. Yeah. Dan and Abra's plot line meet because Abra's pediatrician is in Dan's AA group. Yeah. That's how they end up connecting.
1: Yeah. In the movies, so to speak. I mean, she just ups and skips school one day. But she,
0: after they've been talking for a while. After
1: yeah. they've been talking for a while. And she's like, I need to find the baseball boy. And she just gets on a bus, goes to and sees him at Tiny Town working and just starts talking to him. And they just start talking like normal, but he's like automatically on his guard. I like how he's like, uh, yeah, a grown man like me talking to a young girl like you is not the smartest thing that we need to be doing right now. So we need to be just... You're my niece, <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's they they get a connection very quickly. I mean, she's like she's very her, her character is very interesting because she's like we need to find the baseball boy. She, like she has no fear. Like she her she's very strong of a character. She's got a very tough will, mm-hmm. and I mean we see her directly go over after Rose the Hat and trick her several times and is able to like physically harm Rose during one of the astral projected moments. And then you, she meets Dan and Dan's like, I don't know how to handle
0: this. <laughs> well, Dan's also to the point with his, he's like, she starts asking him all these questions about how the shining works. And he goes, I haven't tried to do A quarter of the stuff that you've done. Right. So he can, he's like, I know what it's like growing up with it and I can help you control it and keep it
2: under wraps. Now he can
0: help you control it. Well, yeah, but it's doing this, just doing, I can only do a (laughs) handful of the things you can do and I only have one unique ability that only I can do. Because his unique thing is the lockbox. Yeah. Nobody else on, like, any of the humans that we meet with The Shining or anybody in the Knot has the ability to just store stuff the way he does. Yeah. That's a that's
2: his unique ability. Yeah, which is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Sorry, I just thought of uh, the maze scene. Oh, yeah, where it's just the... <laughs> As you just see... <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. When Rose the Hat and Abra... Are, or Abra's a... Uh, distracting Rose the Hat, and then the trunk just slowly comes into scene yeah. behind her.
1: Yeah, because he... Um- <laughs> Danny, when he was still young, because they actually start out with him very, very young, like right after what happened at the
0: overgrowth. Right. So after he and his mom moved to Florida.
1: Yeah, because they don't want to be around the
0: snow anymore. Or mountains.
1: Yeah. So Mr. Halloran, the cook who survives in the book but dies in The Shining movie, he teaches um, Doc or Danny, his nickname is Doc, to... Put all of those evil things in a box in your mind and you lock it up. You know what that box like. You know what it smells like. You know what it feels like. And that box will not open un- un- unless you unlock it.
0: Right. So and he- that box goes to the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. You don't think about it, but it's there.
1: Yeah. So he literally stores people from the Overlook well, right, Hotel the, in there.
0: The, the, the ghosts, the entities.
1: Yes. Especially the lady from the bathtub.
0: (laughs) And the owner. Those are the two most important
1: ones. Yes. And obviously they, in the book itself, it's only three, but, or two or three.
0: From the the Overlook. Yeah. It's only the, I forget her name, but the lady from the bathtub and the owner of the Overlook are Mm -hmm. the ones that were actually able to track him down Mm -hmm. after the Overlook burned down. Yeah.
1: And then, but in the movie itself it's it's, all the, it's yeah it's every even the ones that are not so like ones that we've never seen before and, and
0: somehow the, the elevator like the blood from the elevator and stuff was in his head like, yeah. it, it, it was like all the creepy stuff from the overlook was in got locked away
2: I also gotta say the movie makes it seem like that's not his special power the movie makes it seem like anyone with the shining can do that.
0: Because I think Dan can probably teach other people how to do that, but it's just like, okay, so you're right because that's Halloran and Dan are the only two in the book that do that. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
2: in the movie, it implies Aber does it at does it end. at the end. Yeah, yeah. So
1: and. I guess, moving along um, a bit here, I mean, with Abra trying to figure out what happened to the baseball boy, because to go back into that and figure out who the baseball boy is, she is just dreaming. And while the True Knot have found their next victim, he is a baseball boy in Iowa.
0: Right, because, so, he... He his shine manifested in that
1: he's able when to, predict he's up a to when
0: pitch when he's up hit, to bat. Hit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's able to.
0: He's because he's he's not the in the book. He's not the biggest kid on his team. He's not the fastest. He's not even the best hitter. He just knows when to when and where to swing. Exactly mm-hmm. when and where to swing. Yeah. So he's they they considered it like he's a candle.
1: Yeah. He's a
0: he's a low level shine. He's going to get them through the next
1: six to eight
0: months. Yeah. He's a snack. He's going to, because they have these canisters that they store the steam in. Mm -hmm. So he's going to get, everybody's going to get a initial hit off the steam. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to fill, and then they fill like two or three canisters off.
1: Yeah. And while the poor child is being tortured and they're feeding off the steam somehow abra is also connected to it and so she's witnessing this through her sleep and she just explodes rose can like she's like we've we had a watcher we had a looker she didn't see abra but she could tell that somebody was there they were powerful but it was only just a whiff of it Enough that it's in the back of her mind to like look in that later, but it's it's like we need to, we need to ham, handle business right here before we get caught. Um,
0: and Abra's convinced that that was just a nightmare until the local paper comes to the house one day, mm-hmm. and she's looking through, and on the very back mm-hmm. is the missing children page, mm-hmm. and the boy that she saw in her nightmare, yeah, is in the paper, and then she. This is, again, in the book, because obviously lost more detail. But she goes back and she gets every detail she can out of that scene. She figures out how to watch it like a DVD. Like, she can move it forward and back and just review it and review it and review it until mm-hmm. she gets all the pertinent information from it.
1: Yeah. She wants to make sure that this child has a proper burial. And she's, I mean, she's young. She's worried about the parents. She wants to make sure.
0: Because, yeah, at that point in the story, she's either, like... Eight or ten.
1: Yeah. And she wants, and so she con- she just goes and visits Danny Torrance and is like, I need your help. But in that regard, I mean, that is, because he's reluctant. He doesn't really want to get involved. He does mm-hmm. not want to use his shine. And of course, she's a child who has these abilities. So she's not going to listen. So she takes matters in her own hands. And that just, autom- that just flicks on. Light so that Rose can see her, and it's like, oh, she's not just a snack; she's the whole buffet, and she'll keep us going for a long time. We need to get her, and we need to get her right now, because I think doesn't Grandpa, especially in the book, doesn't he die before any of like really? He just dies. I think
0: in the movie he just dies. Mhm. In the book. And I like the way it's handled, so this we kind of need to dive into the history of the True Knot to explain this next bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So at one point the True Knot basically were a band of gypsies in wagons.
2: Mhm.
0: And we we're talking like they had over 200 members. They eventually travel over to the New World figure out how to blend in better and as the country is coming up they just blend in and make sure they have plenty of resources. At this point, at the beginning of the book it's they're between like 75 and 80 members and Grandpa Flick is the like secondary tracker rose is the best at tracking but grandpa flick takes over the role as the main tracker because he's not in charge anymore Mm -hmm. he was at one point but the baseball boy comes from a family that doesn't believe in vaccinations and has the measles and the true knot usually doesn't get sick and they've never harvested steam off of a sick child before and they all start to get the measles and die because pretty quickly their numbers dwindle down they lose so yeah Grandpa Flip goes, a few of the older ones fall off, there's like four or five deaths mm-hmm. in sequence and now in the book one of their main things is well she's from a well off family in the suburbs. She's probably inoculated, but as powerful as she is, it'll probably just knock out the measles even if she's not inoculated. So it's for them it's a matter of survival in the book.
1: Yeah. Cause they are they are running out of people. Um I guess move on to I mean Phil, what's your favorite part of this film?
2: I've been real quiet. I've been letting y'all talk uh talk about it because y'all honestly you you know more about like I haven't read the books. Y'all y'all know a lot more about the story and mm-hmm. than I do. It my fa well, oh, yeah, but my favorite part of the movie we hadn't gotten to yet.
1: Okay. Go ahead. Because Get into my it. favorite part
2: of the movie is one specific kill. Okay. And that's uh
1: oh, yeah. Crow Daddy Yeah, Crow
2: Daddy's <laughs> kill. Where, uh, because he has Abra asleep, knocked out in the back of the car due to drugs. Because mm-hmm. drugging kids is how you put them to sleep. <laughs> and, uh, she wakes up a few times talking to, uh, Danny. And then Danny takes over and talks about how he, ha- he hasn't been hung over before in a long while. Yeah. And then he, uh, using Abra's body, uses, uh, flings the car off the road into a tree. Yeah. Killing Crow He's Dad. not
1: wearing his seat belt. Yeah. So he, he takes a header through the windshield and then he starts, What what is it like? He mm-hmm. cycles out. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. cycles out. And I, Abra at this point is, or I don't, it's not really sure if it's Abra or Danny at that point, but Abra's body goes out to Crow Daddy and it's like, it hurts, doesn't it? I hope it does.
0: <laughs> That's Abra.
1: Yeah, and...
0: Because Ab- Abra, in the movie and the book, takes it takes more joy off of causing yeah. pain and damage to the true oh, loss than Dan does.
1: Especially in the movie, because this is the man who killed her father. Oh, yeah. In, in oh, the yeah. books, the parents... Like, her parents have, like, no idea what's going on.
0: Well, and also, like I said, in the book... Okay, so one of the major differences is the number of deaths... Because in the book, like, the kids that the True Knot eat obviously die, but they don't kill any of the adults. Mm-hmm. They just don't, because they don't need to. It doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. any... Right.
1: Yeah. And, yeah,
0: it's... But, in the movie, yeah, so... Dad's just killed off-screen. Dad's... Right, Dad's killed whenever gets Kidnapped. Mom is out of
2: town.
0: Yeah, mom's oh out of town. Yeah. Well, that's because because her great-grandma's dying. Yeah. yeah. So she's taking care of great-grandma. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Zach, what's your favorite part?
0: My favorite part is definitely only in the book, and it's the very end of the story. hmm And so one of the big differences is the fact that Abra is actually Dan's niece mm-hmm. in the book. Because back when his dad was teaching, he was already a published author in some very highbrow literary magazines. And that... Yeah, that impressed... Oh, I can't even remember the mom's name. It was like Tracy or Lucy or something.
1: Danny's mom's name?
0: Abra's mom's name. Oh, I can't remember. But it impressed Abra's mom so much that... She started having an affair with him, and eventually that produced Abra's mom, and then she died young, and so Abra's mom was raised by her grandmother. And a big part of that is the grandmother has cancer and is dying, and at one point bequeaths – because in the book, it's not really shown as much in the movie – But in the book, when the elderly and the sick die, they release a red steam. Mm -hmm. And that's got all their illness, cancer, old age, just whatever reason you're dying is Mm -hmm. imbued in that steam. And he takes the great-grandmother's final breath and shoves it in a box in the back of his mind. And it's slowly killing him during the last... you know, during the last trek up to where the Overlook used to be because that's a campground owned by the True Knot. And all of the surviving members that are still loyal to Rose because after the failed ambush on Abra where they try to kidnap her and they fake her out, which happens in both the movie and they fake them out and lead them into an ambush that happens in the book and the movie. In the book, it leads a bunch of the members of the True Knot to untie the knot. They just peel off. So they're like, Rose doesn't have it anymore. She's a, she lost her touch. She can't keep us together, so we're going to leave. And so you have the all the loyalists but one, all in one room, and Danny sneaks into the back of the room and just releases the red steam, and they can't not take it in, because in the book, the steam kind of will, will coalesce and parts itself equally out into anyone that can partake of it. Yeah. And it does that, and they all cycle out in seconds. Mm-hmm. It just
2: wipes them it's all out. It's just a
1: steam I, grenade. <laughs>
2: it's so cool. I do gotta throw out uh, something else great about this the movie, specifically, and it's a attention to detail, is yeah. the... with the hotel... Everything is the same every the color the mm-hmm. design he the uh, director went through painstaking details, mm-hmm. went frame by frame to get the color of the wallpaper the color of the carpet mm-hmm. right apparently the, the carpet was the hardest the hardest thing to do
1: yeah the because red no drum. one
2: wants to make that
1: yeah. pattern. And even because that's
2: really impressive for
0: 39 years later. Yeah.
1: And that goes into like what my favorite part was, is just they they paid, they tried to like sneak these little Easter eggs in regards to the way that certain shots were filmed. So if you go back to the Shining film during the interview scene- It is almost shot for shot in regards to the mise-en-scene, so the stuff that's on the walls. So pay attention, even though it's not in focus, pay attention what's on the the guy's desk when he's having the interview. Because if you go back to when Danny is getting his interview for the orderly position, it's the same thing. The same picture is on the back wall. I was like... I didn't even notice that. (laughs) But again, it's that making sure that there's certain things in space. I like how the gold ballroom in the Overlook Hotel looks exactly the same in regards to, it's not decrepit, because that was Jack Torrance's spot. That was where he turned. So it's not going to look nasty and crumbly. It's going to look shiny. It's going to look no pun intended. It's going to look new cuz it's go it's trying to entice Danny.
0: Well, and I like how just just evil that presence is cuz it's like, "All right. I recognize you, Dan. Now how do I pull you I still have your
2: dad." Mhm. I loved the whole <laughs> conversation with Jack in yeah. the uh, in the movie.
1: I felt it was a little long. Obviously, there's probably parts of that that could have been removed, probably the extended scene. We
2: should...
0: The extended version is the only version I've ever seen. I would like to watch the theatrical
1: cut at some point. But... Watch that
2: whole scene.
1: And there are... I did see a... um, Did see someone edited that scene where pretty much Jack Torrance has now taken the position of Lloyd, the bartender. And... Somebody literally just photoshopped
0: Jack Jack Nicholson's
1: face on it, and it's pretty good. I was like, okay. I was like, that looks realistic. Obviously, the voice is not right, but I thought that was very well done in regards to the paid details. Even like Mr. Halloran looked good. The mom yeah. for so much, she Shelly Duvall is one of those unique people. You can't really copy her, but her hair, I thought, was really well. They got well. the
0: wardrobe right, too.
1: Wardrobe was right. The way that she said Danny, I thought, was right. So, way that she said certain words, I thought, was very well done. But, at, again, you're talking about a movie that's a sequel to something that happened in, what, the 70s is when it came out? 80. Or 80?
0: 1980. Yeah. It, it came out literally 39 years after the. Right. Original.
1: So I mean it is mm. it's something where you can't just bring them in to do that do that I mean, movie.
0: Shelley like still alive.
1: Yeah, she's alive. She just she looks haggard. Stanley Kubrick okay. put her through the ringer. But
2: Stanley Kubrick put everyone through the ringer. Everybody through the ringer. In every movie did.
1: Um All in all, when it comes to Doctor Sleep, it's a great movie. Again, I can understand why it got a bad rep for it at that time, but after watching it, it's like I don't have a problem with this movie at all.
0: No, I mean, like we said earlier, I think it was a just a botched uh
1: trailer. Yeah.
0: The botched trailer, botched marketing campaign didn't help the movie at all.
1: I mean, I can understand for marketing purposes it's like, okay, there's Stephen King. What's the easiest thing that you can do? Make connections to The Shining.
2: Okay. I mean, the- that's just that's also the nature of sequels now. Right sequels just are referential to the uh to the original. Oh yeah. It doesn't want to make it doesn't want to tell a story usually.
1: I agree with that. Tis. So. Anything else that you guys wanted to include? Um, music in this movie was great too. They uh, did their. The
2: music was ridiculous. So, yes. uh, something okay. I found out yes. doing a little bit of research, now I'm to pull back up. Go for it. Should be fairly easy. So, there was a song used in this
1: movie.
2: Mm hmm. Soundtrack My Wild Irish Rose. Mm
1: hmm. Which well, sings she- it? Rose the Hat sings it.
2: Yeah. Do you know what's also great about that? Hmm. She's Swedish. (laughs) Rebecca Ferguson is Swedish. Yeah. Uh That's awesome. But, um...
0: No, it's... Just, uh... I would recommend that if... And I'm gonna just go ahead and... uh, I re-recommend it to Phil. Um, If you like the movie, but you find some parts of it lacking... I would definitely go read the book because Uh, the book will, for me, there were a few parts that fell flat, but after rereading the book, yeah, it fixed almost everything for me. Mm. It's obviously the stronger version of the story, but that's what you can do on the page is you just get a lot more across that way.
1: What I would like to see kind of going if, obviously, I mean, they didn't come out. They didn't, they haven't said anything about them continuing the story. There's not really a story for them to continue because there hasn't been like a sequel to Dr. Sleep, but in regards to just the shining itself, I was just thinking about it while we were talking simple thing. If they wanted to do anything with the shining, they could do a series of the shining because the Overlook Hotel has so much history that they could really unlock.
0: Like, well, I would love to see somebody like HBO or or
2: Showtime pick up and just do like, like what we talked about the with, Overlook. Like we talked about with uh, Fear Street going into like the other yes. killers and the backgrounds and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, just have it set at the Overlook, and it's,
0: have an anthology series, and you could either do each season. Well, yeah, just for, just because things cost a lot of money, each season would just focus on one time period in the Overlook's history. Mm -hmm. And it'd be easy to go, because you have, whenever the building was built, to to 1980. Yep. Uh, You could get a bunch of seasons going off of that.
1: And, I mean, not every single caretaker has to die, because we only know about two. And it's... It's like, okay, maybe we can go back a little bit farther and there was another caretaker that ended up dying in some way that they just forgot about because it was just so long.
0: Well, because I guess what you would do with the Overlook as a series would be you tell us how each ghost got trapped in the building. Yeah. And then if you run out of ideas on that, cool, no problem. The true nut. I would be infinitely fascinated to see the older, bigger, more powerful version yeah. of that group. That, that would Rose be the hat to show
1: up, and she's there for like the New Year's New Year's uh, party, a Fourth of July party. That's the picture at the end of the movie. It's got Jack Torrance in it. I think that would be cool. Maybe she also was there at, at the Gold Ballroom. That would be cool. Well, let's go into horror news. So, yes, horror news. Well, it looks like the It series is a little bit more has come out about that. Welcome to Dairy. So that's for a while. That was kind of like rumors. Now it's kind of being pushed along a little bit more. So... Hopes for that. Same thing with Fear Street. We might be getting more of the Fear Street. Not sure if it's going to be prequels. Not sure if it's going to be sequels. Don't care. I really enjoyed reading those books last year. And I mean, there's just so many stories. And I mean, I was only able to read a couple of them and they were so entertaining. I mean, you could really do so much with that series. And that was so well done and I hope that they continue with that.
2: For those who this may have ran under the radar for, uh, because it ran under the radar for me, and I am oh so, oh so upset about that, uh, a little bit of video gaming for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Devil May Cry series. Mm. Okay. Is, they have released a HD platinum collection of the of the series and apparently it stand out of like all of the rehash of games uh between like Devil May Cry, the Resident Evil uh remake and whatnot, it has sold 5.7 million units as it stands. And now that I know about it, because I missed it. I'm definitely going to have to pick it up. I loved the Devil May Cry series. I don't know if either of y'all played it.
1: I've seen some gameplay
0: of it. I played the first few way back when. It's
2: very horror-adjacent.
0: I'm sure Phil will be thrilled about this because we've talked about this series before and Phil can't stand it, but the Paranormal Activity series... Ugh. As so every movie that has currently been made in that series was just released in a collector's edition on Blu-ray. There's mm. a full length documentary that's in there that's exclusive to that set. It's the first time all of those movies have been actually been on Blu-ray. So if that is interesting to you, it's on Amazon. I think it runs like 60 something bucks these days. It's not terrible. You get nine movies. So mm-hmm. if um, that's your cup of tea, great. If not, be like Phil and ignore it.
1: <laughs> um, also mentioning um Gaming as well. Wesker from Resident Evil is now in Dead by Daylight. So they Dead by Daylight just keeps on going out with these villains, man. They just how many killers can you have in one game? <laughs> All of them. Oh, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean they have I mean they had nemesis first. Now they have Wesker. Now, I mean, they have pretty... I mean, you can play as Freddy Krueger. You can play as Leatherface. Also, speaking of video games, there there's a lot of heavy rumors about it. There's also, like, mini games that you can play online. Halloween might be coming out with a game, too. I've seen the gameplay for it. It is very good.
0: I just... I
2: think we're gonna get oversaturated with horror video games. Yeah. We are. If we're not and already.
1: It depends I feel like I it, think on it's, what it
2: is. I think we're gonna get saturated with that style of horror. Because yeah. it's all samey Cause there's right just, now. Yeah, there's no and no one's making like survival horror at, outside of indie. But I do have something else to add. Continue. Go. Uh so Disney. Mm-hmm. Is putting out a haunted mansion movie with two individuals that have added on, have joined on. One really excited about. The other one, we're not excited about. One is Jamie Lee Curtis. That's cool. Okay. The other one's Jared Leto.
1: Nah.
2: No. You mean the guy who has to be a method actor. No, oh,
1: Hopefully he's the butler and he has a small small part. Hopefully Jamie Lee Curtis he's, Hopefully him he's how to just the box ghost. The hat box ghost. Please. Yeah.
2: Hopefully uh, Jamie Lee Curtis can teach him how to act.
1: act. You're right. See, Jamie Lee Curtis is that kind of character. I feel like she's kind of like the mom sometimes. Yeah. On set, so I feel like she would be that type of person. She'd just smack him and be like, alright, Jerry... You need to slap you need to snap out of it. Come on. But I love the Haunted Mansion when it comes to the movie, even though it's Eddie Murphy. It was a good movie. It was a lot of fun. It was I, enjoyed it. I mean, that, when they're in the catacombs, they're all around the zombies and stuff like that in the water. I was like, oh crap. I was like, I like this. And I also just like the Haunted Mansion as a ride is very intricate and it's got a lot of lore to it too. If you pay really attention, you can, you can, with the statues in the outside and stuff like that, there's a lot of lore to it that makes sense when you finally get into the ride. And it's like, oh, now I understand what the story is now. So I I would, I'm excited for that one.
2: As I said, one we're really excited about. The other, meh.
1: And the other thing that we're not so excited about, you heard both Zach and Phil's opinion about it, but I wasn't here. I was out of town. So my opinion is the same, also similar to them about the monsters. I don't want to see how they ended up together. See, I just want this movie to be about grandpa. Get them out of the way. I want it to be about grandma or grandpa. He's the best character.
0: <laughs> oh, I hate to break it to you. Grandpa may, Grandpa's the third villain in this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. He's going to be in
2: this movie that much. Well, he's going to be the uh, antagonist for a Pretty good much. chunk of it.
0: He's the antagonist, and this is basically a family rom-com. Yeah. Because it's a PG-rated rom-com.
1: Yeah.
0: With terrible lighting and just cheese ball all the way through. And uh, so far, um, two songs have also been released. One of them sounds like background music to a crappy haunted house. And the other one sounds like, as Phil put it, uh, Kitty's first Hellbilly.
2: So, (laughs) for those who may not know, Hellbilly is Rob Zombie's first solo album.
0: It's... I'm not sure where the direction for this whole project is going, but...
2: It's gone. It's filmed.
0: I know. I'm just saying, it's... I don't... Just everything they keep releasing, the general public, and I should say more importantly, the horror community, are not getting into, which means you're missing your target audience. And it just gets worse and worse as time goes by. And I guess we'll find out just how bad it is next month when we finally get to see this masterpiece. Uh Because we're going to watch it. Because of course we are. We're sadists.
2: You know, I just thought about it. Uh, This movie makes me feel really heavily like Rob Zombie wanted to put out Hotel Transylvania.
0: I mean, maybe, or maybe Rob's just sick of making movies, and he's trying to just shoot it, shoot his movie career in the head, because th- this seems like it'll do it.
1: Yeah, I guess to end on a more positive note, um, Black Phone was has is very successful. Good job, Ethan Hawke. We have not seen it yet. It is on our schedule, but we are people that I've spoken to. It's not so much a horror film, more on the psychological, than anything else. What I've heard of, like, non-spoilers, um, reviews, is Ethan Hawke is, he makes you feel dirty. And it's like, okay, he's supposed to be that type of character. I appreciate that. Also, um, the work with, like, the masks and everything. I mean, it's Tom Savini. You're, you're gonna get the best, But people are enjoying it. And also, Russell Crowe is coming out. Um, He's going to be in a horror movie. It's in production. It's called The Pope's
0: Exorcist. I've heard about this. That looks very, very, very interesting. Yes,
1: Julius Avery, the director of 2018's Overlord. Uh, He is going to be the director. Russell Crowe is going to be starring as the real-life exorcist father, Gabriel Amorth. He is a well-renowned, he has done legendarily um, Italian priest who performed over 100,000 exorcisms for the Vatican. Only just recently passed away in 2016 oh, at wow. the age of 91. So you can you imagine having a conversation with him?
0: That would have been cool.
1: And it looks like a lot of high um, horror actors are going to be in here as well. Or they've they've been in horror films. So you have Alex Aso from Dr. Sleep and Daniel Zovato from It Follows will also be in it as well. So it's like two movies. Ah, So Wendy Torrance. (laughs) So I was like, okay.
2: So a movie that we did talk about, I do believe. Mm -hmm. John Carpenter's The Fog. uh, Extras announced for Scream Factory's 4K Ultra HD release. Oh, yay. So if you don't have the movie, wait a little bit, get it from Scream, uh, Scream Factory.
1: Love Scream Factory, not spots.
2: Please, Um,
0: One that I'm excited about, and it includes a vinyl record. Well, now I'm going to buy it. <laughs> 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 uh, one that I'm excited about coming from a movie series that has been mostly miss prey. Is about yes, Predator 5, mm-hmm. Prey, which is a prequel to everything obviously, is coming out on Hulu in 2 whole days from the recording of this, but it all it premieres on Hulu on August 5th and all of the like preview reviews and everything that I've seen online are very positive.
1: I I like the idea. I like the idea and I also saw something in there the main um protagonist of the film she, I mean she is I think she is come uh, comes from Comanche orth um off whatever origins so she used a lot of that
2: So she's native.
1: Yeah, she used a lot of that native native heritage in making sure that she's acting right for that time because this is a prequel. To the predator um, films, and i i like the i like the concept. I feel like they would, because they were hunters. They are going to, I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm going to give them more props. I feel like they're going to survive a lot easier in comparison <laughs> to what we got with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So right. it's just. Yeah, so I'll be curious to see what happens with that.
0: And then one interesting thing that you bring up, you bring up Her Heritage is there are two audio tracks for this. Okay. One is in English, the other one is the whole film was also shot in Comanche. Cool. Just straight up from beginning to end. That's That's awesome.
1: That's definitely very new. That's something you wouldn't find nowadays. It's, I like that. I Unless like
2: you're that. in Canada. True. All of their cities are named in both... Uh, English and French? No. It, especially when you go to, like, B.C. and everything. It's English and the... Uh, oh, native language. The Indonesian... Yeah. I was about to say Indonesian. hindu it. Yeah. The Indi- I feel
1: like with this movie... Or
2: Inuit, sorry. I feel
1: like with this yeah. movie, they could have just released it in their language and just have subtitles.
0: Well... that's what one they shot it in English and then they had all the actors do a Comanche dub
1: oh okay it could be like Apocalypse Now yeah
0: but I mean it's if you want to and I'm probably going to watch it like this at least once is you can watch you can watch it in Comanche which is cool yeah I'm going to definitely do that I
1: think that's cool I think that is it let us know I mean we're getting into we're 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 going into August. I mean, we are in August. August. We're end of our summer going into the fall time. I'm already on Halloween schedule. Like now, um, probably about four months ago, I was already on Halloween schedule. I've already bought Halloween things. So um, let us know what you want us to talk about this later end of summer. What are your summer film recommendations or books or comics or whatever? Yep.
0: You want us to get into the bad sleepaway
2: camp sequels? We can do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or the short films that we've seen.
2: (sighs) What are you talking about? (laughs) That one? I don't even. uh, Judy. Judy. Uh, (laughs) Judy. I I do have to. I do want to let the whole audience know that I did it. I got Zach for Christmas a pink shirt that just says Judy on it. It's glorious. My wife
0: will not let me wear it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. I will not be seen in public with you wearing I love
1: that. It. I don't wanna
2: have to explain that to anybody. I love the fact I that I love the fact that I talked to her beforehand. I wanted to make sure she was okay with it. And she doesn't like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, if only Meg had a Shirt, and Meg, M E G, Meg. Meg. Meg.
2: <laughs> Stupid. Are you trying to tell me something?
1: <laughs> Stupid. No, I don't need it. Um, but yeah, let us know what you want us to talk about. We want to kind of have like a schedule going into spooky season. So, let us know. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of re- releases coming out this year. We got final installment of the. Blumhouse Trilogy of Halloween coming out. Um, I can't think of anything else coming out, but I won't be surprised. It's a spooky season. Things are going to be coming out, so. Um,
0: I hope Halloween ends is good. <sighs> I know. It's got a
2: lot to live up to, because. Yeah,
1: they did release oh, a trailer,
2: for- a teaser trailer. I also hope it, and it's not, but I hope it ends the series for a while. Uh-huh.
0: It will It's going to be the last one with this version of Michael and Jamie Lee Curtis.
2: No, I understand that. It's
0: like, I think that's what they're getting to is it's the original Michael and the original Laurie are Mm -hmm. definitely bowing out after this. They're done.
1: Yeah. If they're going to do anything, they're going to pay attention to either going to go completely off the rail and they're going to do more with Season the Witch, or they're going to go back to any of the the sequels in regards to 4 5 or 6 or even you could even do um, I mean
0: I Daniel Harris has been knocked around the horror community forever at this point. Yeah. They and could just tap her to come back.
1: And she she would enjoy it. She has really come into her own. She loves the horror community. I feel like nothing on on the Twitter feed, I see her at almost every single con that you could think of and she loves it i mean all of her marketing i mean she is really trying to sell it she's she knows i mean and she's she's enjoying it so i want to see more of her she's she's a person i haven't you haven't seen her in a while Mm -mm. not since rob zombies halloween so
0: it's like well she was in that she's was in the machete movies though right (laughs) sorry
2: (laughs) phil had a happy (laughs) i
0: like machete
2: (laughs) machete what was it machete kills machete kills again in space oh i love it so much
1: but i want to see more of her well this is shelby
0: this is phil this is zach stay spooky